we actually want to uh, generate a competitive advantage, not just as an overall company, but as a team. And we cannot do that by just buying off the shelf products. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast, the podcast that brings you the best marketing conference speakers and allows them five minutes to sum up their presentations. My name is Peter and I'll be your host today as I was in the previous 43 episode as this is episode number 44 and we have a big one for you today but before we go there as always if you're on YouTube uh, you can subscribe and click all of the weird buttons that you have to click to get the notifications. Uh, the podcasts are published every two weeks on Fridays um, so that you don't miss any other episodes. And of course, if you're listening on a podcast app, just give us a review and subscribe there. Timeformarketing.com is, uh, is the website where you can find all of the previous episodes. Um, I must say, I've been doing this for almost three years now. And there are some great episodes in the archive that uh, didn't really uh, grow stale. So if you have time, it's going to be summer soon. Maybe swipe through the previous episodes and figure out and listen to uh, the uh, in more, more interesting episodes. And that was a very long introduction. And um, Christopher Gutknecht, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thanks, Peter, for having me. Uh, it's great to have you here. How is Munich? Are the birds chirping and flowers flower blooming? Possibly. And <laughs> is it summery yet? Yes, actually. Yesterday. Yeah, summer came in yesterday. And, Excellent. Uh, yeah, we're really happy here. Uh, you've told me you're a climber. Did you go and uh, enjoy any outdoor walls this year already? Or is this year still waiting for that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh I tried to get some climbing done every weekend. We uh, had a couple of days in the Alps and I had two weeks off over Easter in Greece. That was really nice. All right. That's um, pretty sweet. I was, uh, we jumped to uh, the Canarian Islands over the, uh, the same holidays to get some sun and go away from the rain and cold of the homeland. Um, Christopher, you are the team lead of analytics and performance at Bergzeit. What, what does that mean? What do you do and what is uh, maybe your favorite part of your job? Right. So Bergzeit, we're an, an online reseller for mountain gear. Um, mm -hmm. So anything you need for the mountains, especially, I would say, above an altitude of a thousand meters. Uh, that's what we're really, okay. we're really good at. So um, it could be, you know, just regular climbing, hiking, um, skiing equipment. So anything you need to, to get a better uh, mountain experience, we're, we're there to help. And um, what I do, um, as the title uh, tells you, analytics and performance. And mm -hmm. um, I, I started a long time ago in performance marketing and then sort of slowly, gradually moved into uh, data and, and tech and um, now I, I really like the combination of having the, the business role of uh, performance marketing and acquisition um, 
or being responsible, but also applying the, the data knowledge and the tactics to create tools that can help uh, generate better quality traffic. Yeah. Mm. Um, you worked uh, at a SEM agency in the past. A lot of people would say that uh, going to an agency is a great start to a marketing career. Would you agree with that? I mean, you get a very wide exposure across different clients, industries, and then usually when the team is a bit uh, larger, you know, you get to know lots of different approaches, you can learn mm. from each other, etc. Um, it's definitely a better chance to learn, let's say, from a field like PPC or SEO, very broad range of tactics. What it does enable you to do compared to in-house, what I really enjoy is really go deep into one larger problem. Yeah, it's mm. probably the mm. biggest difference. And uh, old song said, uh, leave before it makes you hard. And sort of, I believe this is uh, the agency side. You should go there, but there's a limited time spent that you should be in an agency because of the uh, a bit more stressful lifestyle that the agency gives you. Yeah. I Although I, I do think, um, and I've, I've, uh, I know a couple of agency founders, that they really try to work on that and, and change that in a way that they want to make agency life more, um, you know, more fun, more long lasting. So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. overall, you could say that there are very relaxed in-house jobs, but they're also very stressful in-house jobs. And for, for an agency, the same. So um, the averages are probably a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think agencies are working hard to improve that. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, it, it is a big uh, trend and uh, not letting people to burn out. <laughs> And that's just a very good trend. Um, Christopher, I've invited you to the podcast because you were a speaker at SMX uh, Munich with your presentation called Build Your Own SEO and SEM Tools with BigQuery. Um, how was SMX for you? Uh, how is the virtual conference experience for you? And are you happy that it's ending? That's ending. Um, actually, I was there in a sort of studio, but, uh, you know, Basically, all the attendees were um, via via the web conferences, and um, it does have its benefits and also disadvantages. I think um, what I really most enjoyed is just meeting people and having the conversations. Sometimes even more, it was even more fun than uh, attending the actual sessions. Um, so that I'm really looking forward to, just meeting people in person and having those you know, meaningful, in-depth discussions about very specific topics. What is great, though, about the, the format is that you can just uh, go through the, the presentations in your own time. So what I usually do when I, you know, when I clean the flat, I clean the bathroom, etc. I just listen to uh, all of the, the presentations that I've sort of uh, earmarked for myself. And mm. um, I think that is sort of the best of two worlds, like being able to meet people, but also being able to to recap and rewind all those sessions that you uh, didn't have a chance to attend. Yeah, yeah, probably the the idea of uh, conferences having different uh, different different streams or floors or whatever that you can you have to pick where to go is probably uh, the most problematic in real life conferences. So now you can go and check out all of them. I'm having my first um, in in person conference in uh, next week in uh, in Slovenia, so I'm really looking forward to finally nice. go again to to, uh, to go there all right
let's go to your presentations. Christopher, here are your five minutes. The whole idea, and I think we'll, we'll share the, the slides as well, is that um, what I've really enjoyed to do uh, building my own products or uh, with my team is to solve the problems that other off-the-shelf tools cannot solve. And the, the driver behind this is that we as a team, where we do analytics and performance, um, we actually want to uh, generate a competitive advantage, not just as an overall company, but as a team. And we cannot do that by just buying off-the-shelf products. And then we face our data uh, problems or even uh, you know, potential that we see and we try to solve that through data and technology. And I've been doing that for quite a while, for let's say six or seven years. I started out with JavaScript, then with Python and SQL. And throughout the years, I realized that building those products, there's a, there's a layer of principles that need to be um, adhered to. That if you push something into production and it works for you, and it should do work for you, um, you need to build it in a more robust way. So uh, what we need to do as, as marketers, even if we have a growth perspective and we want to use data technology, we have to apply this data product thinking. And that includes organizing your code in a way that you can document it, um, that you test the quality of your data, which is a really important one, um, especially if there's money connected to it. Um, to give you an example, we have a, a conversion import where we uh, import uh, additional Google uh, ads conversions that were not captured by a, um, because of missing consent. And then we have an anonymous, tra anonymous tracking. And um, this additional amount of conversions that we push in, it can cause extra spend. And this is a product that's really critical. And we have to make sure we ensure the highest quality. And this sort of higher quality standards um, we try to apply quite uh, rigidly across uh, many different data products that we have built. And, um, you know, it's, on the one hand, it gives us a competitive advantage, is also a source of pride for us to say, you know, this is something that we have built, this is unique to us. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives us a purpose and sort of a long-term vision of how we can grow by not just buying more tools or my, more expensive tools, but also um, improving our own tactics um, by building better data products. All right, excellent. You yourself are a marketer. My, my question, of course, first is, of course, we want better tools and tools. We want to do it ourselves. But, you know, I studied theoretical political science. I was a very bad decision and, you know, learned SEO by myself. I'm a marketer. I don't know how to program. How to, what can I do? Yeah, I think there are many, like, low code or no code solutions that we can that we can use whether it's google sheets sheets formulas pulling in a product feeds and actually activating data beyond the okay we're going to build a dashboard here are the numbers and then hoping for somebody to make a decision but mm. to connect um data sources and then actually having data flow through and do something right um that is especially easy to do in the uh, in the PPC space. It's harder to do in the SEO space. I think for SEO purposes, it's more sort of the data integration where we could say, right, we're going to combine crawl data, sitemap data, search console data, and then do interesting sorts of data pre-processing to say, here are those lumps of, you know, 
insights or nuggets um, to, um, I think one mention or one example I mentioned in my, my session was to say, how can I evaluate sitemap efficiency? Um, if I have five or six different sub sitemaps with many, many URLs, but very low impression count, hmm. um, then that could help me to make the decision. How can I clean up my, my sitemap? Um, and I think it does help to, to play around with these no low code tools like sheets, for instance, um, to help you solve your problem. And then sort of gradually getting into the understanding of data structures, how systems work together. Um, and then I strongly recommend starting with SQL, where you can start organizing your data in a data warehouse. And um, that is becoming even simpler. And I think, especially with uh, Google Analytics 4, more front and center, where everyone who's talking about Google Analytics 4 is saying, well, the UI is pretty immature. It's, I wouldn't say it's crap, but, uh, you know, it's far, A far lot of beyond. Would. Yeah, yeah but, but it's uh, far away from all those ready-made um, universal analytics reports. And mm. then everybody's saying, well, if you want to solve those specific problems, you just work with the raw data and you need somebody with specific skills. And yes, it's not just the skill of writing SQL code, but it's also organizing that SQL code in a way that you can build those reports in a, in a long lasting fashion. And I think now is the perfect time to start with working with raw data, working with SQL and understand how to model your own data because it opens up so many possibilities beyond digital analytics, beyond SEO, where you can just combine um, data sources in a, in a meaningful way without having to do VLOOKUPs in Excel. So mm. I think it's a great opportunity that GF4 is giving us. I think it's going to be a very interesting year because now people are really going to start to think about their analytics and stuff. Because, um, you know, up to today, very often it was, we have it there and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. But now there has to going to have to be change and we'll see how that's going to work out. Um, but... You're mentioning SQL and uh, and BigQuery. Which one of those? Uh, why uh, both? Um, yeah, yeah. So BigQuery is an obvious choice for for marketers that have a a high share of Google traffic, <laughs> mm. use Google Analytics, use Google Ads. Where um, there are a couple of easy abstractions um, that we can just activate with a tap of a button which is the Google Ads um, transfer. So all your structural data from, from Google Ads um, are synchronized into the data warehouse BigQuery. Um, same goes for a few other sources. Um, Search Console, they're really good connectors now. And to get all your raw data organized in, in BigQuery from a marketing perspective, it's very easy. It's, it would be much easier than, for instance, in Snowflake. Uh, right. which is sort of the main the main competitor. And then SQL is the language just to um, to query your data uh, in, in BigQuery. And um, the the great advantage compared to, to other um, approaches like uh, Google Sheets, for instance, is that you can scale it indefinitely, right? So if your volume and data grows, uh, you do have an issue in Google Sheets if you're going beyond uh, 1.1 million rows. And mm. I think many uh, 
many marketers have shared this experience when Google Sheets just uh, um, break or they <laughs> they um, they just stop loading and you could say, are you going to wait or are you going to abort the process? And the more you run into this problem with uh, larger data sets, you know, the more you should start thinking about uh, a data warehouse. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And this is probably also the uh, answer to my next question where I wanted to be. Um, I've seen, I see companies that have, um, that try to use uh, Data Studio and, you know, probably Google Sheets and other sources to create their, uh, their reports. But uh, what we see is often that they actually have to go daily in there and fix stuff because it's, you know, it's uh, the connectors are not working and the data studio by itself isn't working. The the, the data validation, the thing that you talked about uh, is here uh, immensely important. So probably also moving to, uh, to, to BigQuery or other warehouses helps with that. But what are the other ways of how we can make sure that the data that we are seeing in our reports really is the data that, is out there. Yes. Um, so that's something I have been working on a lot uh, recently with my colleague, where we use a framework called DBT. And we have the option to describe um, describe a data set with lots of um, expert expectations. In other words, I would start with a simple expectation of uh, this column that I'm getting from a source, uh, this, this data set has 10 columns, and it should always have 10 columns. Hmm. This one column in particular should always have three distinct values and nothing else, right? So you could think about um, if you have a Google Analytics property and you have uh, 10 defined marketing channels and you do any kind of um, logic and then suddenly um, one drops out or you have an extra uh, marketing channel, then, you know, that could mess up your data. And that that's what we've been doing recently is really explicitly describing all these um, these expectations to our data sets to help build robustness um, and to to capture many of these unexpected changes that uh, sometimes get unobserved um, to increase that that quality and it's really just down to you're the subject matter expert for this data set describe and tell me everything you want to expect from this data set and put that in writing and put that in tests um, and then have that test um, suite run every day. And if one of those tests fails, then um, you can get an alert. And that's something you can do mm. with the, the DBT cloud uh, framework, which is really helpful. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Christopher? Where can people talk to you if they would like to talk more about building their own tools? Do you have future conferences? Where can pe people contact you? Right. Um, I think I'm most active on, on LinkedIn, actually, these days. So that would be the, the easiest way to find me. We could also sh share my, my email address uh, in the show notes. Um, and in terms of conferences, I have one... Um, I'm going to speak. It's the the the, SM, the other SMX um, in Germany this year. It's the SMX Advanced, mm -hmm. and um, I will actually be speaking on a similar topic, which is data modeling, uh, because with GA4, you know, as I already mentioned, um, more and more people are referring to well, you should have to solve that with the raw data, but it opens the question: Well, how do you make sure you transform those data sets in a way? 
that you don't end up in chaos. So that's going to be my, my topic. Um, I think SMX Advance is coming out in September or October in Berlin. So look out for that. It's going to be good. And uh, maybe another online conference I'm actually applying for. Um, I'm not sure if they are. <laughs> they'll approve, but um, we'll see. All right. Um, a conference organizer, organizing people, if you're organizing conferences and uh, Chris is uh, signing up, you can see that his presentations are excellent. So we need to take him. Um, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Have a great day in Munich and I'll see you around. Thanks, Peter. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Time for Marketing podcast. Please go and check out other episodes from the podcast archive or give this podcast a review, maybe even subscribe to it. If you were at a marketing conference and saw a great presentation, please let me know. You can contact me with guest ideas or other questions at info at timeformarketing.com. And if you need any help with your SEO, you can find me at seos.si or just find me at LinkedIn. Have a great day.